1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory. At the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, what episode is it? Oh, it's live anyway. Hello and welcome to episode 245 of the 77 Club. Uh, the uh, scroller down the bottom saved me there. Although I pointed out my mistake. Uh, let's say hello to Harry Manson. What are the socials, Harry? Yeah, sorry for the people listening on audio. If I sound different, I'm doing this on my phone this week because as you know... My internet, my laptop, everything, just crap. Uh, the Wolf 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. Please rate us on Apple and Spotify, please. Uh, perfect. Uh, Harry, you clearly got no Black Friday deals for new internet uh, or laptops. You're going to keep plugging away. We do the same every week. Harry joins and goes, oh, crack on this week, lads. It's, it's never going to work. But um, <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are beaming him live from his mobile phone. Uh, Dan Bayliss is here. Hello. And Jack Williams. Good evening. And normally I would start with Harry, but I'm going to give his internet a, a chance to sort of catch up. I'm going to want to talk to the two that actually made it to the Arsenal game, uh, Bayliss and Jack. Uh, Bayliss, I'll start with you. Um, now, it, going from something that you said during the Burnley game, which was you've seen three halves of football in four days and Wolves have been crapping all of them. So let's concentrate <laughs> on, the, on the first two halves <laughs> this time round. I thought the first half of the Arsenal game is one of the most one-sided games of football I've ever, ever watched. Now, fair enough, Arsenal are a good side. But they they literally passed it round us. The ball got turned over. We gave it straight back to them and they went again for the entirety of the first half. It was so hard to watch. Um, there was just nothing in it, right? They And they got the early goals. And speaking to my Arsenal mate who I went with, it was that's their way they like to play football. They like to come out quick and 
get on top of teams. They did it right. I think if we'd have got to held out and gone in at nil nil at half time. It would have been a different game of football, but we just weren't good enough to compete. We got the one goal, and then Arsenal looked a bit rattled. So it's a bit of a weird one. I don't think we did enough to get anything out of the game or deserve anything out of the game, but we had 10, 15 minutes where we could have potentially snuck something. Mm. Um, they were both, I didn't get a good view of the late chance that sort of came in and went across the goal. So, and I haven't watched it back. So I'm, I'm not sure how close that was, but all in all, a bit disappointing. If we'd have just had a bit of composure for those first 20 minutes, it could have been a very different day out. Uh, Jack, do you think the scoreline flattered Wolves? Because, I mean, the stats, and I know we don't normally go off what the stats say, but I think Arsenal's six on six shots on target, Wolves three on target, slightly edging possession, um, but it doesn't really tell a story, does it? No, I think particularly that first half, it was a bit uh, men versus boys for parts of it, and they came out the blocks at us really, really quickly, and they were, as everyone saw, they were completely ripping us apart, and I was worried, particularly after that second goal went in so early on, I was thinking this is going to be the same as last season, whether it be under Lopetegui or whether it be under O'Neill. I thought we were up for the same sort of absolute punishment, really. Um, so I think we did well to sort of go in at half-time, it's still being 2-0. I, I was worried about this game from, from the start to be honest not just because you're going away to top of the league and a team that have been in great form last season and this season but the fact that our spine of the team was sort of rotated and we we were forced into those suspensions um, those suspensions for Lamina and Gomez and having to replace them I, I thought it was going to be a difficult afternoon but second half although Arsenal still did open us up quite a few times and there was good saves by Bentley and I know they hit the post twice I think in, in the course of the the game after they went 2-0 up. Um, you know, we, we, we actually showed a bit of fight, didn't we? We showed a bit of fight. I know it was late on. It's a great great finish from Cunha after Semedo just, just wins the ball back and, you know, fair play. It gives us a bit of hope. But overall, I don't think we did enough to deserve to win the game. Um, but it wasn't the car crash I thought it was going to be after 15 minutes, to be honest. So there was a bit of fight second half, which, which is something to work and, and build upon. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think we can have any complaints overall about the result because, you know, they were they were the better team. But we, we didn't just roll over and get our bellies tickled in the end, which is good to see. And Dan, I mean, Stu has made the comment about not expecting much from the Arsenal game but you want to see us compete a bit but I mean realistically pretty much stripped back to to bare bones just because largely the suspensions and, and injuries that have hit us recently I mean I think when you look at the bench there were names on there that I certainly didn't recognise was it Hubner, Whittingham, Chirua uh, you know in, in terms of experience it, it was it was way way down there and probably one of the most inexperienced benches we've had in a match day squad for a very long time yeah well I I had the pleasure of being with six Arsenal fans before the game and mm. um, I was sort of trying to get my excuses in early saying you know we've got suspensions we've got all this we've got all that we've got all that and they they were pretty buoyant by it they were like yeah well you know at home we'll be alright we'll be alright um, which proved to be true but <laughs> I think we did show a bit more fight in that second half and we did create a little bit more. I mean, Arsenal should have 100% put it to bed, right? The game should have been over halfway through the second half, but it wasn't. So I suppose credit where credit's due, we can give them a little bit more credit for making a game of it. But at the same time, it was a bit too easy for Arsenal at the start. And the game was sort of done at halftime. At halftime, they were just there going, yeah, I mean, is this going to be? Yeah. So... And 
Harry, we sort of called what the that that middle three, I guess you call it in in midfield, would be. Um, a, how do you think they performed? Uh, and B, I just want to get your thoughts on on Sars' injury as well. Yeah, um, I thought they were pretty non-existent, to be honest. We definitely missed Lamina and Gomez for me. Arsenal gave us a bit of the runaround, especially first half. Saar, obviously, his injury was um, serious, but it felt like the two goals went in. He thought, sod this, I'm off. <laughs> I don't fancy this. <laughs> and, and obviously, Bentley kept a clean sheet. But yeah, we definitely missed Lamina and Gomez. Gomez, he's so like deceiving when he plays. Like He don't really stand out, but the hard work he does and the graft, you miss it when he's not there. And Lamina's just an all-round star and he so yeah I I mean we struggled with Babacar and Doyle but I don't think it's their fault because they're playing the best team in the league weren't they well at the moment yeah and obviously the the strength in depth Jack uh, Doherty I think coming on uh, second half he had about half an hour Um, was it a game though for for Kalajic to get a little bit more than about 30 seconds that's what the fans were sort of screaming out for yeah particularly um when you know you're chasing the game and he's he's, he's shown that he can come on and, and score and give him something a little bit different to think about but um yeah i mean we've said a few times that sometimes his overall minute count uh, considering you know the amount of times he has turned games is a little bit a little bit strange so uh, yeah it's one of those where particularly as soon as we got back in the game um, just give them give them as much as you can for the last few minutes and just make the subs as early as possible but we've seen in the past that O'Neill doesn't always doesn't always want to do that so he's obviously got his reasons for it and you know I suppose you've got to respect them um, I w- will say a good shout out actually to the Wolves fans because they were singing pretty much well I was in there but we were singing pretty much through the game, even when we were two 0 down, I don't know how it sounded from from where you were you were stood down. Because I know you're in in the home end, but it seemed like you know we we put up a, a good show and didn't let our heads get down. They were still singing Gary O'Neill's name when we were two 0 down, and then you know we got back into it, and there was a bit more bit more fight from the fans as well, and it sort of hopefully fed through to the players a little bit. But you know, I think particularly from the Fulham game and the Arsenal game, both tricky away games to go to down in London, the fans have been really good, and it shows what O'Neill's done really because he has won the fans over and even when you go down away from home um, they're willing to uh, try and do what they can to bring you back into the game so you know fair play to them but it's a good point isn't it Harry because I think we've we've always said that haven't we we've always gone along the lines of you know you don't mind losing but as long as it's a performance that you can be proud of and obviously Gary O'Neill is getting out of those players and you know it's still realistically Fairly early days. I mean, he hasn't been there very long at all, and obviously no preseason and all the things that we were we were saying at the beginning of the season. But he has turned it around in that sense. Yeah, and it was a weird game. It was boring to watch. I must admit. Um, I don't know what it's like for you lads in the stands, but I just wish we'd have um, showed a bit of fight earlier. Obviously, it was a good goal from Cunha, wasn't it? To give the nervy ending from an Arsenal point of view, they they just started panicking all of a sudden, and just a shame we couldn't do that a bit earlier. But with the injuries we had and suspensions. Um, it was always going to be a tough game and I think the scoreline flattered us a bit definitely for, you know, as I said for 75% of the game we just sat back didn't we for the majority of it and hardly broke on them I can very there's only a few moments I can remember us getting in there off towards their goals so but it's Arsenal away isn't it? I know we've had a few giant killings this year and we have improved a lot under Gary O'Neill but none of us expect us to get anything so just one of them you'd have go fair enough we lost to the top of the league so and Dan, I think it was the the eleventh or the twelfth, maybe the twelfth game in a row that we've scored a goal. Which, I mean, you know, on on, on basic seasons, uh, previous seasons, sorry, 
you're thinking actually that you know there's an improvement there straight away so all, although you're losing games we're, we're finding the net so you know that that helps as well every silver lining and all that i mean we did look better right i've all seen a couple of years ago we just got hammered there just a couple of points to pick up i know that Stu in the comments sort of said um looked like we had a huge amount of hesitation defensively for both of the arsenal goals but one thing i will say out of that i haven't watched the whole bloody thing sat there whilst they were all cheering. Mm-hmm. Um, they like to play this fancy football, don't they, Arsenal? They try all these little balls in behind, the little flicks and dinks and runs and stuff. They they did it 10, 15 times and had two good chances from it in that first half. That wasn't us being bad defensively. It was two out of 10 maybe of their really nice bits of play coming off. Um, another point of note, Jack, the fans were loud. I was literally directly opposite you. I was behind the goals the other end. Yeah. Um, but I could hear the Wolves fans for most of the game. So, yes. The other thing I noticed, I thought Tottenham was the tourist club, right? I've been to Tottenham a few times, away end a few times, home end a few times. Tourist FC, right? I've never seen so many half and half scarves as I saw on Saturday. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Honestly, it was unbelievable. Everywhere, everywhere. And then there's a... I met my mate by the Tony Adams statue and I had to wait like he'd come from North London and I'd come from South. So I was there for maybe 10, 15 minutes. Every three seconds, there was a tourist taking a picture with the statue. Half, half, scarf on. It was you were one of them, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one thing we should say is it was bloody cold. So maybe those scarf sales were just, just for true, yeah, body yeah. warmth because it was that's one of the coldest games, particularly like a, a three o'clock kickoff game I've been to in a while. It's bloody freezing. <laughs> Did anyone else find it a bit, a bit weird when, when there are statues of, of people that are still alive? Because I, I always thought statues were meant to be put up when someone had died. And I think that's that's well, yeah. that's the reason that Bully had said when we interviewed him that the only reason that there there wasn't him one of him outside the Steve Ball stand is that not normally it's for dead people, so he doesn't want one quite yet. But maybe that maybe that rule's gone out the window. I don't know. Yeah, it, it depends. There's, there's a statue of Ronaldo at uh, Madeira Airport. No. That's true. So, yeah. So if it looks absolutely nothing like you, then uh, <laughs> it's absolutely fine because that could be anyone. So he, he, he's, he's still playing. Like, he's still playing. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, standout performance, Harry. Um, a man of the match from a Wolves perspective, if you can find one. Bloody hell! Uh, I thought Bentley did well when he came on to keep a clean sheet. Yeah. Um, no, not really. Cunha took his goal really well, but he didn't do much in the game, did he? Not really. Um, can't really think off the top of my head. Just on statues, Rocky's got one in Philadelphia, and just to link that in, did you speak to Frank Warren Bayless in the box? I did. <laughs> Cheers, Harry. I bottled it. I, I didn't. It was the weirdest setup, and I won't um, name drop it. He was just the other end of the road from where I was, but no, I didn't I didn't want to disturb someone enjoying their day at the football. You, you should have gone over to him and said, thank you for the excellent... I don't know if you've been watching the press conferences where they keep thanking this Saudi Arabian bloke called Mr. Excellency or something. I'd have gone over and cracked a joke. <laughs> this is probably going over so many people's head who don't even know what I'm on about. But yeah, um, them boxes are class though, Bayless. I've been in one of them boxes. They are good, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> who else was there? Wasn't there someone else? Wasn't there someone else there? Oh, I know you didn't want to name drop, but... ASI, really? I, Within a within a within a very small vicinity, there were some like weird link ups of people. Um, who, who was the other one? There's someone really weird that I didn't expect them oh, to be. John, John, Bur- John Burko, massive Arsenal. John fan. Burko, that's it. Yeah, yeah I, was like, I, I dropped was, you in it, Bayless. Did I, have you yeah. not mentioned you as a box? Sorry, that's <laughs> no. I didn't know you mentioned it. <laughs> I've been in one at Arsenal. What's the problem? You got to say, you got to, you got to, you know. 
Shout from the rooftops. I'm rich. Uh, it just it doesn't help, doesn't help. Becky's working class image. She works really hard to maintain in between yeah, skiing exactly. holidays. <laughs> he almost dropped his chateau nerf de pap when he saw him. So my god, uh, yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, let's move on Sorry. to the uh, to the. <laughs> Look at that. Bayless has been been doing everything he can to disrupt Harry's internet so that that wouldn't happen. He still dropped him in it. Um, let's move on to uh, more Premier League action. Uh, this time, Prime Sport, and I would say, obviously, um, we we have a lot of time for um, the the Amazon Prime coverage. It is generally better, although it seems to be seems to be morphed into old school BBC slash BT Sport. Uh, as he was back in the day, um, Dan Walker doing the coverage on there uh, with Michael Owen and uh, someone else I can't remember. But I, one thing I did did notice, and a lot of people have pointed out, was that they had um, sort of small white rectangles over um, the subs. Uh, over the yeah, effort for the subs of the. Did you see that? I, I've they, never they, seen that done before. They, they mentioned that about three times on the commentary and they were like, they were trying to sell it like, oh, that's that's showing the subs. And they were like, oh, that's a great idea. It's like, I can't believe no one's ever thought about that before. And the reason no one's thought about it all, because it's, it's not really that important information for the game, is it? And it doesn't need to be there. It just complicates stuff. It's just, uh, it's you haven't reinvented the wheel. It's just showing how many subs are left, which only comes into play really late in the second half usually anyway. Okay. So the reason it doesn't need to be displayed all the time is because it's not really relevant to you just watching the game as it is from that standard view, really. You could just, you only need to show it when there's a substitution. So uh, it was annoyed me how many times they mentioned it. I'm like, oh, it's bloody brilliant, man. Look, five white lines, bloody superb. Not saying that the over- their coverage was bad. I think it, it was, you know, it's yeah. fine, but I don't think so, it's quite the the eureka moment that they were trying to spin it as. So I, are, I, you a, are you a fan of it? Or? Hold on, if you weren't all plastic, <laughs> if you weren't all plastics as you went to Molyneux, you wouldn't know this anyway, would you? You three. I, I, I would not have got there on time. I I apologise profusely um, for not making it. Oh but it was After 25 was... minutes, Sam, I was regretting going, I'll be honest. I was freezing <laughs> my balls off. I had a cold anyway. It's got worse now. And then if it were for Huang's goal, I think I'd have gone home. No, I'm joking. But it was a painful watch the, the whole game. Oh, yeah. After, <laughs> after 20 minutes, you were like, oh, I'm really glad I came. And then about half an hour later, you you were like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad I did make the journey. Um, <laughs> Harry, let's, let's start off with, with Huang's opener because, you know, previous to that, I, I didn't think we were really out of second gear, looked a little bit shaky, didn't really know what was going on, couldn't get settled. Burnley had the better of the chances. But when you look at the replay, such a very, very, very well-worked goal. Yeah, and well, Burnley had definitely a lot more of the shots first half. And I think it was just before that that double save happened from Bentley, wasn't it? Great two saves mm-hmm. like, in quick, yeah. quick succession. And the goal, we needed it because it was their mistake, wasn't it? We needed that to happen because I couldn't see a scoring, to be honest. We'd had a few chances, but nothing that was, you know, clear cut. But when that happened, Sarabia was on it quick. Good pass to Cunha, same up. And Quang, because he's in such high confidence, he just steadied himself, didn't he? Really top composure and slotted in. I said to you, like, in that spell when he was rubbish, he'd have knocked my bovril out my hand in the, in the north, top of the North Bank, like, <laughs> a few years ago. So, just shows how much he's come on as a finisher and as a player, really. Uh, Dan, it is a tale of two wingers, isn't it? You know, one that's high on confidence in Wang and one that's maybe a little bit rusty and obviously hasn't had the minutes this season in Sarabia because he had a couple of chances where, you know, it, there's one where the out, shot with the outside of his boot which went over the bar and you just think you, you probably side foot it, you get it on target a little bit better. And the decision making, I think he had the chance to put Cunha through, took too long and, and Burnley got back by the time um, and the break was over. I don't know. I think that's a bit selective memory. I thought Sarabia was superb. 
I thought he got at people. I thought he created link-up play. He got us in around the back a couple of times. I thought I thought him and Semedo down either side were absolutely brilliant. On that point, I would li- I'd like to p- read spell. this message where you put when when did when did Nelson Semedo turn into prime Gareth Bale? I think the words that you used. I think they were. <laughs> I don't think you drink in the week. <laughs> he um only in days ending with a Y. He um. <laughs> He went like stink. He was like a greyhound out of the traps down the the one side, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, he had yeah. A, I thought he had a, a great game and, and getting back. Um, um, yeah, I thought on. on the whole, I thought we were subpar. I didn't think a lot of us first half. The goal came out of nowhere, really. And um, maybe we had some half chances, but not proper ones. So Burnley had some proper, they should have scored one, really. Um, lovely bit of work, right? To take advantage of a team like that within three passes or two passes, you want to say, have it in the back of the net. Brilliant. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's what proper Premier League teams do, is even when they're not at their best, they punish sides and stick it away. Because that, so many times you see it, right, the bloke robs the defender and he thinks, oh, I'm in here. And then you end up skying it or putting a crap pass in or something like that. But it was, pick the ball up, one pass, straight on again, lovely composure. I mean, that finish. A little just fake to, on it. Just that was the bit. Give it the little... Mm-hmm. Lovely. Absolutely superb. superb. Yeah, superb. superb. Yeah, superb. And um, Jack, I think historically and probably since we were promoted under Nuno, you you look at these sort of games and you think, oh God, don't you just know that we're not going to get anything from it or it's going to be a poor display, a lacklustre one. And it was looking like that in the in the opening stages. But, you know, I think you said on the group, we'd take the win all day, move on to the next one. It's just good to be be getting three points on this occasion. Just good, just good to have a win. I mean, after the two the away games we'd had, and you know the two defeats were, you know, which arguably we should have got something from at least one of the games. We're looking at these two games coming up, the Burnley and the Forest game, and thinking, you know, if we take four points from these next two, everyone's going to be back pretty happy again. And you know, looking at the table, you've really fancy us against Burnley. But at the same time, I said to you guys just before, or just as after the game had started, and we were under pressure, really, like half seven kickoff Tuesday night, home to Burnley. It's exactly the sort of game that sometimes we just don't turn up for, really. And I feared that was that was what was going to happen, particularly after you know the first twenty minutes where Burnley, let's be honest, they were the better side. From a Burnley point of view, I'd I'd be really frustrated if I was watching them because just so many times they're 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 the uh, makers of their own downfall, aren't they? Really, because they're yeah. trying to play out from the back. They're not doing it very confidently. They're uh, you know. P- p- passing the ball, hitting out of play sometimes and losing possession in dangerous places. And you saw that for, for our goal, really. And we went up, you know, we probably didn't deserve to be winning at half time, but we were. I, I thought from the way Burnley started, where they were pressing really, really hard, I thought they won't be able to sustain that, I don't think, at the same levels for even the whole half, let alone the whole game. And I think that started to show. Went with the upper half time, albeit a bit fortunately. Um, you know, we we took our, our chance that was given to us, whereas we we did a similar thing. We're playing a ball back across our box and Burnley, uh, j- Burnley just didn't capitalise, did they? You know, Bentley's uh, got a great save. Um, so, and then from there, really, I think second half, like it was, um, we sort of contained them a lot better. And although, is that what I think my buzzer's going off in it? Can you hear that? <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, it's my flat buzzer. I don't know. Who, like, um, and then after that, sorry. Um, sorry, Jack's half, girlfriend's just freezing to death outside. We'll, we'll find Well, she should, she's having a bloody key, isn't she? Yeah, um, and then, um, what was I saying? Second half, I think we contained it quite well. We, we, you know, we could have killed the game off, but we were the better team. And really, they were chasing the game, and they didn't do enough to go on and get anything from it. I don't think because 
yeah, we contained them quite well. They didn't create many chances. And even always at one nil, it's a bit uncomfortable for the last five or 10 minutes, but they didn't create very much, did they really? They had a few three kicks that hit over the bar. And apart from that, it was comfortable, I think, second half. Um, you know that the commentator doesn't do Wolves very much because he did, Guy Mowbray, bring out the Max Kilman played futsal line, which has been absolutely used to death, Harry. But Max Kilman did get man of the match on the night. Um, I don't know if you see the Wolves TikTok earlier of the uh, sprayed pass out wide to, to Bueno. He's playing like prime Cafu. I, I thought he was brilliant, very commanding, and he's really grown into his role as captain. Yeah, he played. He played really well. Like some of those diagonals were brilliant. But for me, like, did, did uh, Amazon give him man of the match today? Yeah, I think Dawson was better. Dawson was like the amount of headers he was winning when we was hanging on towards the end. My God, and he's the way he's such a leader. But yeah, I can see why they could give Kilman man of the match. But like, we'll probably get on to it. But for me, it was Sarabia or uh, Samedo. But yeah, Kilman, brilliant. He was also solid. Totti. He was, you know, he did what he had to do. Um, I thought he was poor at Arsenal, actually, with his slim, shady haircut. I don't know why he told me that, but yeah, uh, but yeah, the, the diagonals—they were like Connor Cody-esque, weren't they? Some of them, but Dawson was doing them as well. He did a few mm. out to the uh, right wing back position too. So, yeah, I, I can see why they give it in. But for me, uh, sat in the North Bank, freeze my balls off, Sarabia or Samedo with my round the match. No, very good point. He's obviously Totti's obviously going to the same hairdresser as Lamina. Um, <laughs> Bayless man the match. Oh, I'd have given it Sarabia, but yeah. what do I know? Jack? Um, yeah, I think Samadio and Sarabia, yeah, both good shouts. Uh, one thing I will say is, though, straight away, it's just like bring back Lamina into that team. We, we look so much better, I think. Like He's yeah. everywhere and he, you don't realise how many times he just blocks the ball or pressures and wins it back and makes a massive difference to our midfield. And really, if you look at the last 12 months, I think it's between him and Dawson for our, our best player of the last the last year, really. Best player of 2023, if that's an award that goes out there. Because, you know, both been superb, haven't they, really? Even though he gets and booked every single game. That booking I mean, was ridiculous, though, wasn't it? Was, it? Let's yeah. be honest. Like, I, I, I mean, you, I, fair enough if you give it as a foul, but I don't think it's a yellow. He's just outstrengthed him, really. And you could say, okay, it's a foul in, in, a, in a promising position, but I, I think that's that's a ridiculous yellow to At be At least there was no VAR last night. <laughs> it's refreshing, isn't it, to have two games yeah. where we're actually talking about the football rather than anything else. Um, Sorry, they did so, a 12- um, Oh, you're going, Harry. Sorry, just on performances, I've got to mention it. I thought, um, well, I've gone blank. Bueno, Hugo, I thought he really struggled. Don't you think? Left back. Yeah. He didn't want to take anybody on. He's had the minutes, you know, and he wouldn't wouldn't be playing if Ain't Nori wasn't injured. So, you know, I I don't like Doherty having to come on and play on the left. Should have been Johnny. Well, I was going to say, it moves us nicely onto Johnny, the, a person that didn't make um, a match day squad. Um, Harry, I think you've got a little bit more information on this um, because I, I think he was upset that he, he hadn't replaced eight Nori for the Arsenal game. No, he was Fulham. So the Monday night game against Fulham. Yeah, when eight Nori got injured, he brought Doherty on. Apparently, he was annoyed with that. And, and then obviously, he weren't in the match day squad for Arsenal. He, just, he was meant to be. And obviously, he weren't Tuesday night and it looks like he's not going to be in and around the squad for a long time. And the rumour is, is that, yeah, he was annoyed about that uh, not coming on. He's obviously had a bust up with Gary O'Neill. Um, from his point of view, he, he said at the beginning of the season, he wants to stay. He wants to fight for his place. He's been professional. And I can see why he's frustrated. But at the end of the day, after his two injuries, he's just not good enough, is he? 
you know, you, you, there's no room for sentiment, as we always say. He's been a really good servant, but if he's going to be costing us when we bring him on, he, he's going to be no good, is he? And, um, and I said to you, like, WhatsApp, like, another reason why he didn't want to go, and this is probably going to sound really harsh, he's on massive wages, and no no other club is going to pay the wages on at Wolves. So that was another reason why he stayed, let's be honest. So if he ain't good enough, don't play him. I'm, I'm on Gary O'Neill's side, and he's done a, he's done a Martino, hasn't he? He's, he's done a bloody... Um, uh, the, what's his name? Went to City, Nunez. He's just threw his toys at the pram. He's had a bust up at the training ground, showing bad, atti- bad, atti- bad attitude. Another player from that era doing it. And uh, it's a sad ending because I don't think we're ever going to see him again in a wool shirt. Do you agree with that, Dan? It, it sort of tarnishes the, his legacy, I guess you'd call it, a little bit because obviously he was so good when, you know, because he, he, he came in and we were thinking, well, Barry Douglas is, is clearly a starter. He's clearly going to be brilliant in the Premier League. And then in comes Johnny. Here's Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. Brilliant. When he joined, he was brilliant. He scored one of the best goals I've ever seen, even though he lost the game. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I loved him. I thought he was absolutely superb. He's, it's very hard coming back from one ACL, let alone having two. But I don't know. He could have sat there quietly, wound away his contract and took the money, or he could have fought for his place. I guess he's fought for his place and now he's got frustrated with it. And I sort of see it from the other side, like the old... Um, Nunez thing, right? Like that bloke's a prick. <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah. He, he was here twenty minutes and then showed off like he ruled the world, and it's pretty clear and evident now that he's shite and he's in City's reserves. Um, whereas Johnny's done his time, so maybe he's got a little bit more reason to be aggrieved. Still, not nice to see a training ground bust up or hear of one. Could it be fish wrapping, obviously. Um, Jack, you don't have to go too far back. Um, there is an article. Uh, from the Shropshire Star back in uh, November, the 2nd of November, which is Wolves boss Gary O'Neill impressed with hardworking professional Johnny Castro Otto. Um, so I suppose a month is a long time in football. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It just seemed like there's a bit of a theme emerging, though. It seems to be happening to us quite a lot, isn't it? If you look at, uh, like Harry said, Nunes, Bettino, and now Johnny, there's probably another one in there that I've forgotten about over the last Fosun area somewhere. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, I agree with Dan. I think there's a bit more, a, a bit more understanding on this one when it's a player who's got a fair bit of loyalty under his belt, and you know has has put in the minutes much more than Nunes has, and uh, really helped us over the last few years. But you know, there is no room for sentiment, and I think I think at the start of the season it was kind of I think probably quite understood that Johnny wasn't going to be part of the plans. They they said he was going to stay and they've said, okay, you know, you're going to be on the fringes. But yeah, just because someone's injured in your place doesn't mean you automatically walk into the team. And you can see from the amount of minutes he's got this season, bar, I think, you know, the Carabao Cup appearances, I think he's played in them. Quite limited, isn't it? So, I, I you know, he's, he's got a choice to make in, in January or at the, um, the, particularly at the end of next season. How long is left from his contract, do we know? I'm actually getting paid. From memory, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wouldn't have thought he'd be on massive wages, but I think he'd be on wages that he probably wouldn't get, as it has Harry said um, elsewhere. So he must be in the 40, 50, 60 bracket, I would imagine. Yeah, it's going to be one of those where, particularly when he was like, you know, we've replaced Douglas with him, and he'd been there a bit that we renewed the contract on better terms. I'd have thought. So yeah, probably trying to to see that down. But it's up to him, isn't it? He can either just it sounds like he he's going to struggle to even get back into the match day squad now, doesn't it? Really, rather than let alone the uh, the starting eleven. So he's going to have a choice to make about whether he wants to, you know, potentially just be on the fringes or and just see his contract out or 
try and move somewhere and actually get some playing time and only he can answer that question but it's, it's a shame so you're like you know how good was he in that particularly in those first few seasons back in the Premier League and we were all a bit worried about selling selling Barry Douglas weren't we and then we replaced him with a massive upgrade and I, I was a big fan but like Bayless said it's injuries just you know some of the some of the best players ever have uh, potentially been hindered by injuries and ended up just being average so yeah, especially cruciates. Um, how do you think Gary O'Neill's dealt with it, Harry? Uh, yeah, well, he was very vague in his press conference when he, when he was asked about it. He just said things like that stay on the training ground. He refused to answer if it was an argument with him. So that pretty much says it was, wasn't it? As he'd be like, no, no. Um, yeah, well, he's got to stick to his guns, hasn't he? He can't just put someone in because he's got a history with the club. Look at Rowley. He had the same, didn't he? Where he couldn't get in. Maybe he dealt with it a little bit better, although he did fall out with Lopetegui as well. But yeah, I think Gary O'Neill, man, he's just not been perfect, has it? But overall, he's just coming, he's just coming across well, isn't he? And vital uh, win, and I trust his judgment. You've got to trust his judgment in these situations until we start mm. losing again, and then I'm going to win sacked. Call, call him a PE teacher. Um, yeah. One, one last thing on Johnny. I, I think um, obviously it's a new, a new month on the uh, Wolves calendar in the background. Um, I mean, actually, to be fair, one of them on there it does start. Uh, do you know who the other one is? You probably can't quite make I'll out see a who bloody it is. thing from there. Mascara? Is it to- Toti? Gomez and Toti. And I don't know who the other one is. Is that Neto? In, in, no. Wait, bueno. No. In the brilliance Frank. of Wolves wow. calendars. Oh, Collins. It is. It's Nathan Collins. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So ex- expect Johnny in January. That's all I can say. Uh, Guedes, February. Freddie Eastwood in March. I reckon that's how the calendars are going to go. <laughs> um, let's move on to Forrest. Forrest at home. Um, it's the Morgan Gibbs White Derby again, Harry. Um, expect any changes? No, he's always been a prick, Gibbs White. I'm joking. Um, no, I think it'll be the uh, it'll be the same. Well, I think Sir deserves to start again, doesn't he? I mean, you've got to assume Neto and Aitnori are still injured. Um, for me, it's go again. Yeah, um, I want us to be a bit more positive first half, definitely, than we were against Burnley. But it's going to be a tough game. I know. You know, they've improved a bit, haven't they, Forrest? I mean, I had them to go down last year, so they did well to survive. They seem to be finding their way in the Premier League, but we're just going to be concentrating on that man, aren't we? Gibbs White, and he's going to get absolute pelters, and he deserves it. And hopefully that creates a mad atmosphere at Molyneux, because I love it when it's rocking. Um, I just, I've just seen this comment um, just on Johnny. I've, I've, I've got to read it out because it is, it's quite funny. Um, pretty much every game I've watched Johnny since his ACL injuries, he's looked like a Spanish waiter who rolled through the club shop covered in glue and ended up on the pitch. It's sad, but he's done. Thought I'd share it with <laughs> One you. <of> the um, <laughs> um, Bayliss, if Sar is fit, does he play or has Dan Bentley earned his place? I think he's earned his place at the moment, hasn't he? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Sar's yeah, he hasn't conceded the goal, has he? No, I don't, I, it did actually look like Saar properly crocked himself, so he probably won't be fit, will he? Um, but oh, of all the teams I don't want to lose to in the league, it, it's it's Forest and the Villa. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I get that. So oh, I just can't. Yeah, make it make it horrible, make it vile. Uh, Jack, is he going to mix it up, or is he just going to? Go go with the same eleven. Uh, it depends. Depends to what extent he can mix it up. I mean, the keeper was the one that was going to be the question. I don't think there's going to be major changes, really. Um, I think that 
Bentley has done enough, really. What's he done wrong in this game and a half? It's exactly what you want from a backup goalkeeper, really. Yeah, he, ha- he hasn't led in a goal yet. He's had some brilliant saves. You don't panic when the ball's rolled back to him like you do sometimes when Jose Sars kick in. Um, so, it's so um, true. I, I, is, yeah. I, I, I think I think he at least deserves you know a, a, another game because he's, he's come in and, and done so well. There's no need to rush Sar back when we've got a deputy who's who's uh, seems you know much more than capable and has done done really really well. Um, any update on what's going on with Neto? Like, because there were rumours about that for Fulham, wasn't there? Is, is that? I don't think we should rush him. I just didn't know if there's actually any update on when we can expect him in the, the squad again. But yeah, because there were there were rumours that it would just be after international break, which I thought was looking yeah. at the injury and looking how it went down looked a bit soon. But that'll be interesting to see if you know he's fit enough even for a spot on the on the bench. But I haven't heard any whispers to suggest he will be. So I think yeah, I think it'll be pretty much the same team as Burnley, to be honest. I think Gary O'Neill said he's been out doing some running. Um, so I, I guess he's on his way back, Harry. Yeah, well, like Jack said, I thought it was going to be straight after the internationals. So they don't want to rush him, do they? Because we've rushed him before no. and it's come back to bite us on the air. So just give him the time he needs. We're not exactly like in a relegation scrap, are we? So No. I was worried. I was worried, like when he he, he was injured because he was just on fire, wasn't he? And I I didn't know if the guys yeah. would he, he he was just the integral part of everything that we were doing. But everyone's done well without him, really. Overall, I know we haven't won every game or anything, but the performances on the whole have been have been good. So that's you know that's a good sign too. Now I don't want to date the podcast massively, um, but, but you're about to. Of- at, at time of recording, Fulham are currently 3-0 up against Nottingham Forest and Raul Jimenez has a brace. So <laughs> this is very, very strange. Um, Bayliss, do you think that all, you know, off the back of a, what, what's looking like is going to be a huge defeat unless there's something incredible happens in the next 28 minutes, is um, they, they're going to be expecting a reaction? They are. I mean, it's one of two things, right? Either... Forest are crap and they come to Molyneux and we do what we've done at Molyneux and we beat them convincingly. Or it's going to be something like 2-1 Forest, Bolly with the first one from a corner and Gibbs White in the 94th minute of two minutes added on. It's very, very specific. It's, it's nice that we... Does Bolly yeah. start for Forest late? No, I ain't even... Yeah, yeah he does, yeah. Notice, yeah, but yeah. It's it's nice it's nice having an extra day's rest though, and it's usually it seems to work the other way for us, where we're mm. the team who has to play twice in two or three days, so that should be an advantage. But also, if Forest do get pumped tonight, they're going to go out wanting a reaction, aren't they? And it's usually the way it goes. It, yeah. uh, you know, it can can sometimes spur a, a better performance because uh, the manager's asking it from them. So who knows? We we'll just have to see on the day, won't we? But we've got more than enough to beat them, particularly at home. So if if we you know, follow follow up last week with two home wins in a week. Everyone will be on cloud nine, won't they? So, yeah. absolutely. And just before we get some bets from Bailey, so we, just a look ahead, sort of to the end of the year. Uh, the next five fixtures: obviously Forest at home, West Ham away, Chelsea at home, Brentford away, Everton at home. I mean, th- looking at the table, they're fairly favourable fixtures, aren't they, Harry? And you're thinking actually, it's not it's not a bad run to go into the new year, and then obviously got Brentford away in the cup, or is it, yeah, yeah, away. yeah. But the thing is with Wolves, we don't beat the teams we're meant to. Well, we beat Burnley yeah, for finally, and we do. You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. Usually we struggle against which we did. We struggled a bit against Burnley. We struggled against Fulham. Struggled against Sheffield United, Luton, and we beat the big boys. So hopefully we turn that round. We need to beat teams around us as well. Tom Ballin, Sam put a decent comment in about um. 
Lopetegui, which is, a, I know it's one of them we'll never know. But Evening, lads. Hypothetical question. Where do you honestly think J-Lo would have had us points-wise at this stage of the season? Gary O'Neill seems to have created a much more positive feel in the dressing room. I'll go to Bayless first. I don't know. Okay, I'll go Harry. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I reckon fingers um, with Lopetegui he had players that loved him and he had a few players that really didn't like him didn't he so I think well he wanted back and didn't he but say he did decide to stay without we didn't have the same sort of back in that O'Neill eventually had at the end of the window with those Enzo coming in and Santi and whatever um, I think we'd be in a similar position he's a good manager I know he was a bit of a pleb and moaned and that but some of his uh, decision making in game was good thinking back so I think we'd be in a similar position. Gary O'Neill's done a brilliant job, don't get me wrong, but we have got a good start in 11. So for me, we'd be lingering around the same spot. And then he'd cry in January and wanted more players and then he'd walk anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think points-wise, I think it, I agree. I think it would be it would be similar. But in terms of performances and where we picked up those points, I think it would be probably quite different. Like, I think we'd have got battered on Saturday. It would have been another one where it would have been four or five uh, just because, you know, it's a difference, I think, in the way both managers set up defensively in certain games whether we'd have got the wins against City and Spurs as well questionable to be honest but we'd have probably picked up points from games you know where we we haven't under O'Neill so I yeah I think it I think it will be similar but I think that the reason that Gary O'Neill is 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 uh doing so well and got such good backing at the moment it's just that word expectation because when he came in the expectation was you know so low we didn't know much about him other than the fact that he was sacked from Bournemouth after on paper doing a fairly pretty good job to keep him up and since then he's just done everything right hasn't he he's 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 been really switched on with the fans switched on and real about the situation that he's inherited and addressed everything in in a really good way whether that be referees var players like johnny in the dressing room he's just saying all the right things man and, and that's why i think yeah. i think the relationship with the fans is better than it was under lopetegui now oh, a big dark spell remember that little dark spell when we had the thoughts he was going to oh, remember Ipswich. It? yeah there was a but, few weeks there where I thought, oh, we could be a goner here. So it hadn't been 100% perfect, but I agree with no, but, what you said. Yeah. You've got to give him time, though, not you? You can't just, like, oh, I, yeah. I know we're, we're fickle. So I think I think the last few weeks have been, you know, really you know, really good. Ever since that Ipswich defeat in the Cup, it's been really good, hasn't it? So, yeah. And then they're pushovers. I mean, they've been absolutely ripping up, haven't they, in Championship? So um, just go show. Mm. Uh, Bayless, well, they did come up from League One, to be fair. Like, they, they're punching above their weight, you would say. That's a pretty bad world performance. I watched that. No, I'm saying that Ipswich have, have played well. They're doing well in the championship, aren't they? Three cheers for Ipswich. Either well, way, yeah. what's come after that has been very, very good. They are second in the league. So. Anyway, what, what, give me some bets. Three cheers for Ramirez. Uh, you're going to have to listen carefully to the first one because I really like it and I'm going to have some money on it myself, which I very rarely do. Um, it's a bet builder. Wolves to win the game. Huang to have two or more shots on target, Zhao Gomez to make three or more tackles, and Cunha to be caught offside two or more times. 130 to 1. That is free money. It's free yes. money. It's Lump free on. money. Stick the mortgage on it. Honestly, that's free. Like the fact that, yeah, Cunha is offside, I think, half his life. Eight times uh, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I mean, sneak a win. Was it Huang three, three shots on target? Was that maybe the. Two. Two shots. Free money. Yeah. It's free money. Can you send that cash. to me? Actually, I'm gonna. That's honestly. Which which bookmaker was that with? Who uh, doesn't that is the show? <laughs> <laughs> that's with Skybet. Okay. Wow. 
Oh, yeah, um, I like that. You're gonna you're gonna be struggling to top that one, Bayless. Yeah, the rest are just some scorecasts. Wolves are favourites, so quite strong mm. favourites as well. Uh, you can get Forest at three to one in some places. Blind. Uh, Sam, I know you'll like this one. Wolves two one. Cunha to grab the first is only thirty to one. Oh, that's good. And then you know it's going to happen. A one-all draw with Gibbs White scoring first, sixty-six to one. Lots of value out there. What's four one? And then the I'll just, I'll give you one more. Paolo Sarabia to score first, three-one Wolves, seventy to one. I quite like the sound of that as well. To be fair, I guess in four one's going to be quite up there then. If that was what was he saying? Sixty. That's with favourites. We've got fifty to yeah. one. I reckon. Four-one love- Wolves is only thirty-three to one. Oh my wow, gosh, I love the fact that you opened up this little betting thing saying, yeah, I'm going to give you the bets. I'll, you know, I'll give them you every week, but a few tips. Never back on myself. Just feels it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fucking, you know, fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid enough to back me over there. I've, I've seen my history on Skybet. Fuck it. I'm now here. I'm going to put a couple of quid on that. All right, money Ooh, bags. Money bags. <laughs> Christmas is coming. <laughs> Should we put the podcast royalties on it? Yeah, put the put the podcast <laughs> money on it. There we go. Perfect. Right, we'll leave it there for another week because I'm a celebrity's on in two minutes and I know Jack's going to itching to get away. Uh, we'll say goodbye to Harry Mansell. Thank you, everyone. Have a lovely Christmas. Uh, Dan Bayliss, <laughs> who spent all the Christmas money on his bet. Yep, correct. You win it back. We'll go Black Cherry and uh, Jack Williams. <laughs> we're we're doing a podcast before Christmas, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we <are. laughs> okay, I'm not yeah, just, just checking. I'm not. Oh, we can't do it without you, can we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas, everyone. Everyone, so I'm not here next week. Cheers, Tiny Tim. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.